this computer. Hello. Hello. So it's July 4th. Happy fucking, I don't like July 4th. We got Kate, Kate Burrell here from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, let's see, you are a stand-up comedian, sketch writer, sweet, from Phoenix. But socially distant with Kate Burrell and friends. Is it? Is I was it running that show. Is it still? Oh, going? sorry to interrupt. <laughs> I said I, I was running that show for about a couple of, like, three months at least. Oh, yeah? No more? Yeah, that. and then when Arizona was reopening, was reopening, because we shut down again, yes. uh, I stopped running the show and started doing the live shows at the clubs. Yeah. My yeah. last live show was a club show. So Good are pay. you, are they shutting down again? Yeah, they're shutting down again. Yeah. They just shut down bars again here. So my shows, my shows and my mic are at a restaurant that has a patio. So, and I think I only have like one upcoming live show that we have to do PG rated comedy and um, we have okay. to ask for tips from the patrons because yeah, it's going to be like an afternoon show. Yeah. Originally, it was going to be a show that w would run at 9 p.m. and people would have to pay admission. <laughs> yeah. At, at this restaurant. Yeah, it's a little bit. But. Yeah, I can't do I mean, and other shows are canceled. Oh, we keep interrupting each other. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's fine. I thought you were done. Um, I have. I can't do PG. I've done PG. You have to put a lot of thought into your jokes if you go clean. It's much easier to be dirty and to have that dirty mind, but clean pays. No, I want to be clean. I just, yeah, I'll try to write clean jokes and they always, not necessarily go somewhere dirty, but they go somewhere dark or it's still not what they're going to want at an afternoon PG show at a restaurant. You know what I mean? It's still going to be, yeah, it's not necessarily sexual, and I can cut out past, you know, cuss words, but it still ends up in this dark place that's not going to be what they're looking for, you know? <laughs> it's not a joke for children still. Uh-huh. We have to think about all those movies and TV shows that have gotten away with uh, innuendo. Yeah. <laughs> At pg or g-rated movies then you grow up and you're like oh i get it yeah i should probably watch more of those i thought about because i do want to do like corporate comedy because i was in that world as a you know non-comedian i was hr manager did accounting and stuff so i could write jokes about that um but i'm not in that world again I have thought about like going, like just going back to church because I don't, I used to be religious and just hanging out with those people where I'm forcing myself to not cuss and I still want to make people laugh. So I'm going to force myself to figure out how to make those people laugh in church. So if I can do that, I can do clean comedy. Right. I just have to be in it. I learn by doing, you know, mm -hmm. but then I have to go to church. <laughs> Maybe a night service. I'm not getting up in the morning. <laughs> Aren't night services at like 
on a weekday, like a Wednesday. Wednesday, or maybe, service. or maybe that was my church. No, Wednesdays there's usually a service and there's food. See, I never gone to a Wednesday service. I used to go to church service growing up. It was like Sundays, Sunday mornings. What except I remember like uh, Christianity. Except I remember being feeling like isolated and completely excluded from the other kids. Yeah. I uh when I was I used to go to a church that I'm sorry to interrupt, but <laughs> I just remembered like I used to go to a church that admired the pastor so much that when uh the pastor wanted to retire and a new pastor was coming in to replace him, uh the people were just like, No, that's our pastor and that can shatter your faith. That's how I ended up getting out of church as I was like really into it as an adult by choice. I mean, I grew up in church. My parents, like my grandparents, my dad's parents were Pentecostal preachers. And so if we lived in a city where my grandparents lived, we were at church every Sunday. We were there all the time. But if we didn't live in a city with them, we didn't go to church. Um, there was a period in like fifth grade, sixth grade that I would ride a church bus thing that came through and took us to church and that was church bus yeah wow roll up through the trailer park and pick up all the kids and you go and you get the fucking snacks and yeah um it was like summer camp you know and then they would would oh sorry to interrupt i was just about to say i would always go to church uh with my grandma she would drive her car she used to have a car and the only time I remember seeing a church bus is when they would pick up kids from lower income areas. Yeah, that's me. That they wanted to go to church. That was me. I was in the lower income area in Texas. Uh. Yeah. We lived in a shitty ass trailer park. But so like I grew up with religion in my life, uh, you know, for the most part. But then as an adult, I chose to be religious and get back into it for like three years or so. And I was like treasurer of the women's group and I uh, didn't listen to music that was any, I only listened to Christian music. I didn't watch any TV shows or anything that were PG or above PG. Um, I had four small kids, so it wasn't that hard to not watch that stuff because we always had stuff on that they could watch, you know, and then I was tired by the time they went to sleep. So it wasn't that big a deal. But yeah, we were at church all the time because my husband at the time was the piano player for the church. We had a pastor shift uh, halfway into this period, like a year and a half in. He retired to his ranch in Texas or whatever. And then there was a vote to vote for the new pastor. It was up between two people. And one of them was a pastor that would would guess pa- would come in and guess, you know, pastor. I don't know what you call it. Um, whenever they were out of town or whatever so like the old school old people wanted him but all the young people wanted this new guy that was younger that had teenagers they wanted to like bring more youth into the fucking thing because old people are dying you can't you know they wanted to bring more youth and families into the church so there was a a vote that women couldn't vote in uh which was fine (laughs) because my husband just voted how i told him to so that's fine I guess. Um, but the young pastor won by like 51% though. He barely won. And so that the, of the, the people that didn't like him, a majority of them just left. And, but those that did stay became these, they were just so fucking awful to him and his family 
And these people like uprooted their children from West Virginia to move here. And they, they gave up a church where they had a much better house, a much better congregation, made more money because they felt God led them to Wichita for some fucking reason. But they ran these people out of town, basically. And I was like, if I wanted to deal with this kind of shit, I could just go to the bar. This is stupid. You know, like you people are awful. And then that's, I, I stopped going to church and kind of just, it, that, that's actually like a, a pastor switch and being able to see behind the curtain of these people is really what made me get out of religion. <laughs> I was just like, you people are awful. <laughs> I don't, I don't need to be here for this shit. I mean, these people sound awful based on the fact that they want to let the women in the church vote. Oh yeah. Now they're old school Pentecostal, you know? Yeah. They're the ones that speak in tongues and dance around and shit. Like the really crazy ones play with snakes up in like the Appalachian mountains and stuff. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what I come from. I never spoke in tongues. And I tried. It never happened. Speaking in tongues is a very weird experience. I don't even think I was speaking in tongues when they asked me to when I was growing up. Because there were, there were moments where, like for, okay, I'm going to give an example. It'll be a bit of a memory you scroll down memory lane uh there was like this one guy that had cancer that led a, a youth band and so everybody including the volunteers that were there were supposed to speak in tongues and pray for the cancer to leave the guy's body and speaking in tongues is it's weird i felt like like i felt like i had to make up what speaking in tongues sounded like just to fit in but I don't think they saw I don't think they heard me say like Akuna Matata multiple times <laughs> yeah I did yeah it it never happened I was waiting for because I was told that it was like you're taken over by the Holy Spirit and you just babble and you can't control what's coming out of your mouth and um I tried real hard but it never happened and I you know I was an adult if I was a kid I probably would have faked it to fit in but I was an adult and it just wasn't happening but then I saw these people that supposedly it was happening to be awful humans and I'm like if it is true that the Holy Spirit's going to come into somebody and speak through them they're not speaking through you assholes so you're lying you are not speaking in tongues because of the Holy Spirit there's no fucking way you know, the Holy Spirit I know wouldn't come into an asshole like you. Um, yeah. <laughs> come into an asshole. <laughs> it's a double entendre right there. Yeah. So, oh. yeah, I just slowly realized it's all bullshit. And I've also heard, I've also had, like, talked to some, like, Jewish people that um, interpret the Old Testament differently than the Pentecostals do and the whole speaking in tongues thing and an interpreter and all that, they, they have a totally different explanation for it that makes way more sense to me. They were just talking about if you go to a foreign land and you want to preach to people, you want to prophesize to people and they don't speak your language, make sure you have an interpreter there. That's, that's how it was explained to me. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. You know? <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> mm. Yeah. 
but yeah like I said I, I was a kid that was just making yeah. it because I was just like I don't think I know what I'm doing yeah no I they didn't really push the speaking in tongue thing on the kids oh they pushed it on the kids when I was a kid yeah uh, by the way that guy died yeah. <laughs> it's such a downer thing. And you know to what? In a conversation, but I was like, it's oh, yeah. Okay, it's your fault because you didn't pray. It's hard. my fault for saying Hakuna Matata. <laughs> it's your fault for not praying. And Jesus hard was like, no. <laughs> you'd pray. If you'd have just been a better Christian, Kate, he'd be alive. Mm. Jesus. <laughs> That's what they oh. say. That's what they tell you. That's what they tell you. No, like the last straw for religion meat was like, I, I almost died and I, I'm not going to tell that whole story, but I almost died. And all I was, I was like, not afraid. I was terrified. I was going to go to hell. I wasn't worried about my children or my newborn baby or my husband or anything. The only thing I was concerned with is, am I going to heaven or am I going to hell? And so after I survived that, I was pissed because if I had died, I wouldn't have died with any peace in my heart or anything. I'd have died terrified. And it made me so mad because I was doing everything that I was, you know, I was being a good Christian. I was doing everything I was told I was supposed to do to be in God's favor. And I would have died alone and scared. And I was so mad about it. And I was like, this is all bullshit. I didn't die because I didn't want to die. Like the paramedics couldn't save me. God didn't come fucking save me. I didn't die because I my sheer will to live is the only thing. So like, I don't need God. <laughs> I'm fine by wow. myself. I got this. Yeah. All God mm -hmm. does is make me feel bad about myself. <laughs> that, that sucks. Pentecostal guilt. It's hard to shake. It's like, it's not as bad as Catholic guilt, but like I've, I've gotten rid of most of it. I still, I want to go like to a nudist colony and just be naked around people and not in a non-sexual way and be comfortable in it. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm not going to be at a news colony anytime soon. I just, the only, my only problem is that I can't find one that's not a pervy one. That mm -hmm. also, because there's like family ones, but there's going to be kids running around. I'm not. Oh God. No, no. I'm not, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I can't jump into being naked around people with kids there. People's kids. And then, yeah, I mean, the other ones are just like big orgy fests. That's all they are. There's, and that's mm -hmm. not what I'm looking for either. So I don't know. Yeah, go to a nude beach and be topless at least. I could do that. I could be topless. Just make sure no one's beach. kids are there. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you could at least. What, be what kid there. wants to see an adult naked? Well, the thing is, is like people that are nudists. Um, the kids grow up with everyone being naked all the time and it's not sexual and it doesn't, it's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's cause the naked body doesn't have to be about sex. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. our natural form. And so when you grow up and someone's like that around you and they're not being sexual while they're naked, um, it's not that big a deal. Like I have an ex whose parents were just walked around the house naked all the time. And he'd have to tell them when friends were coming over so they could put on clothes. But it wasn't that big a deal. It didn't, it didn't bother him because it was just how it always been. The, oh, I see. the naked body was not something to be ashamed of or sexualized. It was just the naked body. This so, is where I still think the Christianity is still stuck in me. Yes. Because, uh, I'm talking about, because now I'm just like, 
can I be around people who are at least topless or let alone naked? Yeah. Without any sex, without any shame. Yeah. Unless no. unless there's a unless they're a partner. It's just That's what I'm ugh. saying. I want I, I want to get over that. I want because I know Me the too. The only reason I feel that shame is because of religion. It's the only reason I feel that shame and I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And so I want to get past that, but God dang, ugh. I'd like, I'd gone to a strip club twice. Um, that was my first, like, like I'll have my clothes on and then there'll be naked women around. Um, and the first experience was terrible. I got so drunk that I haven't really drank since. I like got so drunk that when I puked, I shit my pants and had to just sleep in it all night. It was bad. <laughs> Um, and so, cause I was just like drinking doubles, trying to get comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. desperately trying to be comfortable with my surroundings. It was a bad night. Then the second one I went to was a much nicer club. This club that I went to was in Wichita. It was gross. The, the, the seats, it wasn't just the nakedness. The seats were cloth and the carpet was sticky. Oh, so yeah, it was probably wasn't the best one to go to. But the one I went to in Omaha, I had a good time. I got some boobs in my face. They're very nice girls. Uh, it was a very clean place. It was a very, I'm not going to say, you know, classy for, for a strip club. You know, they. <laughs> it was just clean. <laughs> they, it was clean. They controlled the men. Um, people weren't allowed to be gross there. You know, um, the strippers used the same bathroom as the patron, the female patron. So I was in the bathroom and talked to some of the strippers and, uh, yeah, it was an interesting experience. They were in the bathroom, you know, topless. And it was, it was, I was, I had a good time. So I was like, sweet. I got over that. I mean, I'd go again. I I only went because they paid for it. My friends paid for it. I'd never, I'd never spend the money to get in there. It's expensive, but um, I'd go again if they wanted to pay for it. So um, I got over that, but, but, but yeah, the next, the next thing to be would be me being naked. Maybe I should just go to an amateur strip night if you can find one in in these times yeah the only time I've been around a stripper was when I was at this one comedy show in a local bar in downtown Phoenix and this visiting comedian her whole her entire act is just I'm also a stripper and so she'd have these jokes about being a stripper in an industry that doesn't exactly respect women and she de- and she wanted to demonstrate what the men wanted to do so she sits on top of me and doing all this stuff and I'm just like I'm just here minding <laughs> my own business and eventually we kiss and I'm still like oh you definitely put on glitter lipstick <laughs> And everybody sees it, and I'm just like, it happened. Are you a lesbian? No. Oh. <laughs> that would be like a dream situation for a lesbian. Um, uh, I think I've been kissed more by women than men, despite dating a man. It's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> your eyes went up. You're like, excuse me? <laughs> yes. More by women than by men, despite dating a man. Really? Yeah. Even my first kiss was with a woman, a married woman, but it was in the context of a failed sketch group before I officially joined comedy. Like your first kiss ever? Yeah. 
it was in the context of some failed sketch idea. And to this day, I'm just like, well, it's a bit of an awkward situation. My first kiss ever was like second grade. And I made that boy kiss me. <laughs> His name was Ryan. I don't know why I remember. He was older. <laughs> So he was probably in third grade, fourth grade, maybe. But we were beside my house. It was brick walls. And his name was Ryan. And he had freckles. And he was terrified. He was taller than me. And I was like, you're my boyfriend now. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, he was like, okay. And I was like, and that means you got to kiss me. And he was oh. like, Okay. And then oh, no. I pushed him up against the brick wall and I kissed him. Oh, no. He I want to laugh, but at the same time, I'm like, that's not consensual. He, he said, okay. boy. I said, I'm going to kiss you. And he said, some okay. people say okay when they really mean no. I was eight. How was I to know? Um, <laughs> we were both eight. He was a, but I've, you know, I've always had a thing for these, for like terrified boys. Like, um, just, just. You ever find out why? I don't know why. Yeah, I haven't found out why. But yeah, they're just like, I still date weak men. They're just scared of everything and need me to comfort them. But it eventually annoys me and I don't. Maybe it makes you feel needed. It does. I do like to feel needed. I really like to feel needed. Um, in a, I like to feel needed for more than sex. For sure like when i was younger that was enough but i need to feel needed for something other than sex now because that doesn't mean anything uh i told a dude online that was asking if i was interested in anything casual that uh i um what did i say that he i'm like yeah if it's going to be casual, if all you have to offer me is dick, it better be big and it better be good. You know what I mean? It better be big and you better know how to use it. If that's all you got to offer me, then it better be worth my time. You know what I'm saying? Don't come at me with a little dick that lasts 30 seconds if all you're offering me is sex. You know? So yeah, I'm down for something casual if, if, if it, yeah, if it's going to be worth my fucking time. Because yeah, what else am I getting out of it? Nothing. So... Uh, he did not, has not responded yet. <laughs> Maybe he's measuring his dick and he's like, is it worth their time? Yeah. <laughs> dudes, dudes with dicks that are worth the time know it. Mm-hmm. But usually dudes that are dicks, that have dicks that are worth the time. They don't need a question. They don't. I don't know. It's a valid question. I appreciate it. That, that, I mean, he didn't bring it up immediately. We've had some conversations online first. He didn't bring it up immediately. I, I appreciate him letting me know his intentions. Um, mm-hmm. and, and maybe possibly I am interested in something casual with him. I don't know. I haven't met him. I have no idea if I'm, his voice could be weird or he could have bad breath or something that makes me not want to have sex with him. I can't tell you. Yes. I want to have, have COVID. You. Yeah. Oh yeah. He could have COVID. But. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really concerned about getting it. I do what I can to, like when I go to an essential place, I just don't go anywhere very much. But when I do go to an essential place, I wear a mask. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, 
I don't want to give it to somebody else uh, that has to go to the grocery store. Like if I'm going to an essential place where you have to be, I will wear a mask. But like if I'm somewhere where apparently everyone around me doesn't seem to give a shit because they don't have masks on, I'm not wearing a mask. Because <laughs> I'm like, if you really like we have a backyard open mic on Tuesdays or we were on Tuesdays, on how long, however long it's going to last. But anybody that comes to my backyard to a mic, I'm not wearing a mask in my own home. You don't come here if you're worried. I don't, you know, they're obviously not that worried about it. So I'm not wearing a mask, but so I'll wear a mask when I, when I, when there's people around that I need to protect from me that have no other choice but to be around me. <laughs> you know, A lot of places that I go to or used to go to now are now enforcing a mask rule. Anywhere in the city of Denver, when you're in yeah. public and you go in a business, if you're outside eating or something, you can take it off. But if you're inside the business, you're supposed to have a mask on. Mm -hmm. Like the last bar I went to in Tempe, yeah. if you uh, you have to, if you're gonna walk around in the bar, you got to wear your mask. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 I live in Aurora, which is like east of Denver, but it's pretty much you know they're all connected, but like it is there in Phoenix, you just cross the street and you're in a different city, but it's completely different here. It's completely different out West. Like Denver is different than the rest of the, you go up North to like Thornton and the March 14th, I did a packed show in a bar in, in Thornton, Colorado or in Loveland, Colorado, which is North of here. And then everything got shut down on the 16th. So uh, they don't care up there as much. Oh, on March 14th, I was sick in bed with the flu sure it was the flu and not yeah COVID? yeah it was the flu there wasn't there wasn't I mean there was worry about pneumonia but other than that it was, was just it in your flu. chest yeah it was probably I had a <laughs> I'm, I'm oh. sure I had it in January but for most people it's not life-threatening you get it you get sick and you get over it but it is very life-threatening for some people and just and there's some people that it's life-threatening for that don't know they have underlying health like there's like people with heart defects that don't know they have them or something you know what I mean there's mm -hmm. people out there that can die if, if they have any sort of heart defect because of, of the labor that it puts on your heart um, but those are rare people but most healthy people can get it and survive it it's just a matter of like the people that can't survive it die and they die horribly and alone <laughs> And I don't want to, I don't want to do anything that might give it to that person just because they needed to go get milk from the fucking store. You know, they couldn't mm -hmm. help it. They had to go get milk from the store. They can't help. They have asthma. You know, they don't have a milkman anymore. <laughs> I mean, you can get shit delivered. That's true. But, it but delivery is so expensive. Yeah. It costs like eight to $10 and you can do it with food stamps now, which is great, but the food stamps don't pay the delivery fee. Um, no, they don't. You know, and, and, and a lot of the older people, they don't have smartphones. My mom doesn't have a, she's 70. She doesn't have a smartphone. She can order shit online, but yeah, a lot of them don't have smartphones. They're not technologically advanced enough to order stuff on their phone. And for a long time, you couldn't get shit. You can get shit delivered pretty quickly now, but for a long time, for like most of it, you couldn't get shit delivered. It would take, you, you had to schedule it like seven days out. You had to plan ahead, that far ahead, to get your groceries delivered, so. 
Yeah. I'm taking it seriously, yet I'm not. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm uh-huh. not worried. Because I'm just not, a lot of people are really worried about getting it. And I'm not worried about getting it. I'm worried about spreading it, but not getting it. Uh-uh. So, I'll be fine. I just don't think COVID's going to be what takes me out. You know, I've survived a lot of things. I just don't think it's going to be COVID. What do you think it's going to be? Um, I'm going to die a ripe old age, miserable after everyone else I love is dead. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to, I'm going to live to be like a hundred, just watching everyone die and being the last one. And you're the last one and you're like, I still can't speak in tongues. I still can't what? You still can't speak in tongues. Still can't. That's one of your last, one of the last phrases you say. Yeah. No, I still can't still can't speak in tongues no i don't know uh probably a car wreck um uh or i'm probably going to be serial murdered because i do a lot of online dating and i travel i tour alone and sleep in fucking parking lots and um um you know rest areas but i'm not really serial killer material (laughs) Am I serial killer material? This one looking at me? Maybe, yeah. I mean, the long hair. They think of like women with long hair. Um, What's the gender of the serial murderer? A male, yeah, killing women most of the time. Yeah. Mm. It's, that's, serial killers are generally white males killing females for mm. the most part. Um, they usually have some sort of type. Or they prey on people that are like you know prostitutes because they're easy they're they're easy targets they're um, they're willing. Oh, to if you're a prostitute, you can't go to the police and be like yeah. a serial killer is targeting you. Yeah. And they'll ask you what your job is. Yeah. They'll find out you're a prostitute, and then you're like, oh no, I'm gonna go to jail. They they old ladies, you know, they'll do old ladies because they're easy targets. Um, but young girls, younger girls that are. Um, you know, cute and young and easy to grab. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a small woman. You'd have to be strong to physically pick me up and carry me to somewhere if I was fighting you off. Um, you would think we would be encouraging uh, more women to go into fighting sports and uh, just everyone needs to get self-defense. Fat. Just get real fat. Get <laughs> real fat. I'm 230 pounds. There's not a lot. Oh, of- I remember when I used to get really fat after a bad breakup. Yeah. And the nice thing about being fat is that you don't get taken advantage of. Nobody tries to sexually harass you. You can live invisibly, and then oh. then you can lose a bunch of weight, and then suddenly everyone's like, "Oh my God, sex on a stick" or something like that. Is it raining? I think it's raining. I don't <laughs> be fat, but to be fat and over forty. I'm in, I'm invisible, dude. It's great. I'm invisible. Um, you know, I don't get cat called. I don't, and I, I have a friend who's a comedian. She's 60 and she's like, yeah, it's amazing. It's, it just gets better the older you get. Um, some women get upset when they become invisible, but I am loving being invisible when I'm out in public, you know, uh, I would just only hope I'm not invisible to people that are close to me. If I'm invisible to strangers, that's fine. I just want to be invisible to men who are going to try to hit on me in public or cat call me or be gross 
to me in public. I'm no longer on their radar. Also, like I think the shaved head really tells them that it's not going to work on me. I really, I shaved my head initially just because my hair was annoying me, but I'm really liking the vibe that it's putting off. You know, it's really expressing who I am inside to people. It's like they either see that she's crazy because they think Britney Spears, which is fine, keeps them away, or they think like G.I. Jane, fucking badass bitch, which is fine because it keeps them away. So. I think I'm keeping the shaved head oh, for now. Good for sure you. I'm sure I'll get sick of it. But it's great. I like being invisible. I have actually, I actually worked, I actually actively worked to become invisible before I was invisible, uh, just by making myself like just not wearing makeup and not, you know, just not doing anything that might be appealing to men. Um, and it's way more comfortable to dress that way too. And <laughs> Uh, yeah, in I just, my home state, when I was working with a client because I work as a caregiver, taking her out on a walk, we somehow ended up walking past a, um, a car wash, and the male employee is looking at me because I'm guessing it's because I'm wearing shorts, but also he doesn't know my face because I'm wearing a hat and sunglasses and a mask. Yeah, who cares? About long your shirt. Face? Looking at you, must have nice legs, <laughs> right? Some dudes are leg men. Also, I have huge boobs. No matter what I wear, that's my, that's really the problem is like, no matter what I wear, you can see that I have big boobs. I have and, big boobs too. It's yeah. the worst. Yeah, it's probably what it's like. I have to find a specialty sports bra when I exercise just to conceal the boobs. I just wear tank tops. I don't even care. I, I don't wear a bra or anything most of the time, but I don't work out. <laughs> I work out. <laughs> I used work, to work out. Oh my gosh. Now I would have to wear, I have sports bras, but I usually get them a size too small for when I work out. So it kind of mm -hmm. down. But I would gladly get, I had a breast reduction in 2002 and they've gotten bigger since then. But I would gladly have another one and get like half of my boobs removed at least. Um, I don't need all this boob. I have no use for it. I'm not, I, I I don't care. It's get, they get in the way. I don't need mm -hmm. them. There's too much of them. And I would gladly, gladly get half of them removed if I could. Um, which if I have good health insurance, I probably could. They're big enough now to fuck with my back. I just don't want to go through. Mm -hmm. It was a lot. It was very painful. It was a long, oh. it was a lot to recover from. It was pretty quick. I mean, it was like six weeks, but still, Ooh, Ooh I remember, I remember waking up in the hospital and being like, someone help me. And then they came in and gave me a shot of morphine. I was like, oh God, yeah. And, uh, but then I just went home with pain pills and it was, I have to have someone that can take care of me. I don't have anyone to take care of me to have a surgery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for the first couple of weeks, you can't take care of yourself. You have to have someone help you. you can't lift oh, anything. But um, yeah, so I would gladly. And I think if I was able to get rid of half my boobs, that would really make me be completely invisible because it's like they walk into the bar like these predatory type dudes that are like who am i fucking tonight you know and, and they like, think you're a guy they'll think hopefully. you're a guy because got the shaved head <laughs> you don't have your boobs anymore because here's what i imagine happens okay they walk in they're like yeah I'd fuck her yes no yes no they get to me and they're like no nah, i'm a face and they look at my they get down to my oh, maybe i don't even want to be a maybe you know like, mm -hmm. don't make me a maybe. You so want to make them think that you're Drew Carey, and they're like, we don't want to fuck Drew Carey tonight. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> but I do like to fuck men. I do want certain men to want to have sex with me, but mm-hmm. the weak ones, apparently. Apparently, um, the ones you can dominate. I don't want them to dom. I don't want to dominate them. Though. I want them to dominate me in bed anyway. I just want to dominate them in the rest of our lives. But then in bed <laughs> they dominate me. See, I'm not complicated at all. <laughs> no, it's just yeah. I, I'm not good for those men though, because if you if you don't have if you are um, they can be sensitive or whatever they just can't be insecure. Mm-hmm. Insecure people get their feelings hurt around me a lot because I don't sugarcoat things and I like to roast people and and so I upset. Oh, speaking of roasting, that's what I've been doing during Insecure. lockdown, just doing online roast. I did a couple. I won one against, uh, I don't know if you know April Walter Scheid. Uh-uh. Comic. All right. So I won a roast against her, and it was like an Instagram roast battle. And it was one of her LA friends that hosted it. <laughs> and that was, that was different. I am different than an actual in person roast. I mean, the advantage of doing an online roast is that you can hide that your notes are with you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've never participated, I participated in a roast, I roasted my brother, but it was only because somebody dropped out of the roast at the last minute, and, and it was my little brother, and I knew that he wasn't going to go too far, and, and I knew I wasn't going to go too far, because I have, I'm zero, or I'm 60, you know what I mean, like, I'm nice, but if I want to roast somebody, I don't know how to do it in a way that's not fucking awful, like I, I go too far with my roasting or I, I, cause I want to win, you know, mm-hmm. if it's a roast competition, I want to win, mm-hmm. but I take it too far to where it's like, oh, Helen, no, man. And so I lose anyway. And I look like an asshole. So I'm not real good at the roasting. <laughs> oh, I've gotten better at the roasting based on what people tell me. I let the people compliment me. And then I'm like, people say this. <laughs> Yeah. That's how you do it. So you do it in general. Like, like I've heard comics say to me, oh my gosh, you've grown so much as, as a comic. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> By roasting? I feel, like, I feel like it's a weird part of me that doesn't want to brag, you know? Oh, for sure. Because I've seen comics who brag about how funny they are, and they're not funny at all. No, no. But they want to give this illusion that they're funny. If you have to say it, you're not. You know what I mean? It's right. like, if you have to say you're a nice guy, you're not a nice guy. If you have to mm. tell everybody, I'm a nice guy, you're not a nice guy. Um, yeah, if you have to say I'm powerful, you're not powerful. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, yeah, it's, my friend, I have some friends that are good at roasting who in their daily life are not roasting type people. They're such sweet, nice people, but they do have that side to them that they have to let out somewhere, you know, and so they're, they're letting it, like, in Omaha, oh my God, this guy in Omaha, Ben, he is the sweetest, nicest guy. He always knows what to say on my Facebook posts to make me feel better, you know, just the nicest man ever. But then he just lays at these roasts, just roasts the shit out of people and he's so good at it and he always wins. And it's like, amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think, are you a sweet person in normal everyday life? Yeah. Yeah, that's why. But if someone pisses me off, I'll get really angry. 
Yeah, I've never seen Ben. I'll let him know. <laughs> I've never seen Ben angry, so maybe I, I. He's really good with words, so I could see him being articulately angry and tearing someone down with the, with words, because he's good uh -huh. with words. So, I'm not a sweet person. I can be. I want to be. I just want to be sweet to everyone. Some people don't allow me to be sweet to them. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> and then they force me to be mean. And I'll be a bitch if I got it. Mm -hmm. I look like one all the time. I have resting bitch voice. I sound angry when I'm not. Because I'm passionate. Mm -hmm. I have a strong personality. That's what my brother said. You're not a bitch, mm -hmm. Ellen. You just have a strong personality. Just accepted it. Uh -huh. It's good for comedy. Uh -huh. Anything that I need to change to make interpersonal romantic relationships better is something that is beneficial to my comedy and is a part of my personality. So, uh -huh. what you gonna do? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What's comedy like in Phoenix? Um, comedy like in right now in Phoenix. Uh, well, like normally. Well, normal. Oh, normally. So. What's it seem like as a woman there normally? I mean, there are more guys there than than female comedians. Typically, when I went to when I went to like open mics or shows, there you'd either be the only woman or there'd be like less than five women. Yeah. At places. Uh. I mean, this scene has its faults to a to a degree. I mean, we, uh, gosh, all right, I'm about to get a bit emotional if I, if I can. Oh, you froze. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, oh, one of the male comics. Oh, no, you're back. Oh, Go on. I'm back. <laughs> all right. So recently, and I'm not gonna name names just because the person in question already did that. Yeah. So, one of the comedians in like, my scene like decided to, huh? Like an open micer? Like someone just does open mics? Somebody that tries way too hard to be funny and isn't. Okay, yeah. So, this guy decided, so this guy's like, I have a podcast. I'm going to make an episode where I reveal what I've done to some female comedians in this scene. And he named, he named names, named a lot of names, but uh, mostly named the victims that he harmed. I was one of the victims that he named, and I didn't like the episode, and the only reason that got taken down was because a very popular comedian in my scene uh, found out that he was also named in that episode, and he asked the guy to take down the episode. So, so was he so doing to try so to I was only repent? apologizing to the popular comedian, but not apologize to the victim, like, publicly. Was he trying to repent? Was that the point of his episode? Why would he do no, that? No, he was trying to cover his ass and save himself. Yeah, but he was from trying what to I, look like from he From what I heard when he was describing what he did to me, he was like, this wasn't consensual. And then he tried to take it back after describing the act. I wish he hadn't gotten it taken down. I mean, I guess that's good for you. 
But still, I mean, at least people, like, I've never heard of that. I never either. I I was just like, what do I even do in this situation? I went to and it's something you a popular female comedian in my scene who's had more than a decade of experience. And I was like, should I bother telling bookers not to book this guy, given that women women aren't always protected in comedy? And she's like, it's a hard call to make. I would assume uh, that if he I had the podcast episode, I would go to the cops, but I don't. I would assume he would just not get booked. Well, fortunately, or unfortunately, uh, I I don't really know which <laughs> which fortunately I want to use here, but uh, over half the comedians in my scene had listened to that podcast. It turned out, and some of them already banned them from yeah. Mike's and Joe's. Yeah. You shouldn't have to do anything. If anybody's going to book him after he puts out a podcast that just straight up confesses to assaulting multiple people, even just one, but multiple people in your scene, no one should book him. Like, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't have to go tell bookers not to book him. Um, Right. Yeah, that shouldn't, you shouldn't have to do that. And so this is something you didn't even bring public before he brought it public? No. Like you had this guy was somebody? bringing it public multiple times. He was bringing it up in Facebook statuses, in he live videos on social media, and then he had a podcast episode. Is he trying and to say I was a shitty person and I'm sorry? I'm uh, you can change. No, be shitty anymore. No, he, The only reason he was doing all of this was because one guy in my scene just didn't want to book him on shows. And this guy accused the other guy of bullying him. And in the middle of, in the middle of being angry about not being booked, he's like, I heard, I I showed a dick to a woman. And it was a mess. It was a mess. That dude needs, the cops need to fucking, like that dude sounds mentally unstable. Like why would, it makes oh, God. Spe- when the guy messaged me, he's like, I think I need to get tested on the spectrum again. And I was just like, don't the bring the spectrum into this. The assaulter is blaming it on the, the assaulter. Spectrum? Like, the assaulter is blaming it on being on the autism spectrum. Fuck that guy. My son has Asperger's. And he's a perfectly lovely gentleman. Okay? He's got fucking Asperger's. And he is, he's actually overly sensitive to these things. Mm-hmm. If anything, he, he, you know what I mean? He's, mm-hmm. he was, but I don't know who raised this. I think kid. the worst part was that, I think the worst part of this guy being like, I need to be, I need, I think I'm on the autism spectrum is that this guy knows I have a brother that had autism who died. So to me, and that guy, and my brother was like one of the sweetest people when he right? lived. So yeah, no fucking, there's a kid here that is, is on the, he is, he does have Asperger's. Um, but he was just not raised correctly. And then the thing with people with Asperger's, I mean, it, it is on the autism spectrum, but it's, you know, Asperger's is his own beast. But the people with Asperger's is that they're very rule-based. So this kid just learned the wrong rules. He learned basically no rules from his parents because they just, they're rich and they just babied the shit out of him. And he's an only child. And um, he's young. He's like in his early twenties. 
but he learned the wrong rules as far as like he looked up to the wrong male comedians and he learned the wrong rules as far as like i should be able to say whatever i want freedom of speech you're just trying pc police and blah 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 he looked up to those people and so that's his fucking attitude that he has about things and anybody that doesn't believe the way he believes is the enemy and it's just because these are the rules that have been set up in his head um incorrectly by other people so i mean but he's still not like he's not a rapist kind of he's just a dickhead you know what i mean he still knows better than to show his dick to women or assault them he uh yeah he's just an asshole Uh, he's actually more, he attacks men more than he does women. He like texted people about a fate. He, he texted people and honestly saying he was a woman and accused a guy of rape. He's fucking insane. He's an, he's insane. He's not, he, he could have been funny. He really could have been. It, it's not that he wasn't funny. He could be funny if he wasn't so fucking insane. Um, but he's just been taught the wrong rules. And I'm not teaching them the right ones. Someone else can do that. But and my son had me for a mother, and had good therapy. And um, yeah, I ra- he was raised correctly. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's the sweetest guy. And most people I know that, yeah, they're very rule based. And the rules are you don't assault women. The rules are you don't show your dick to women and force them to do things with it. Mm. And yeah. Don't use it after the fact. Yeah. Oh, I think I'm abusing women because I'm on the spectrum. Oh, God. No. That could explain Ugh. some other behaviors, but it doesn't explain that. No. And he didn't like how in one discussion when we were talking about a comedy club close, closing down, so there used to be this small comedy club in Old Town Scottsdale, and it's closed down because, well, they say it's closed down because of COVID-19 and how they couldn't um, make a profit anymore. But the owner of that club is an alleged pet, uh, an alleged uh, predator. Yeah. Like, uh, he made, like, he's documented as saying that he would make women blow him for stage time. Yeah, like Joey Diaz. So we were, so a bunch of comedians were talking about making a better comedy club in that area now that the old comedy club closed down. And the guy that had that podcast episode that named names and all that stuff, he wanted to help. He's like, I have some money saved up from working in the pandemic as a grocery delivery guy or something like that. I don't know what he did. And I was just like, uh... Dude, no. I'm sorry, you can't help. We're we're trying to make this new club predator free and you helping would only defeat the purpose. Yeah. And he thought I outright called him a pet uh a predator. I only it said predator pred- free. But he's like, Hey, quit saying that I'm a predator. I'm gonna sue you for slander. And keep in mind this is Facebook comments, so it's technically libel. After his after his after his podcast where after he, his podcast where no, he names you, me as one of his victims you admitted to everything dude it is not fucking slander or libel for me to use your own words against you that's what i told him yeah that's you put I it even out showed there. him i even showed him a satirical tweet 
where some somebody somebody pretending to be a male comedian who's harmed women is like, oh, I just want the women to know that I thought I could get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. But he he wanted to meet in private. Fuck no. To set it straight and to prevent me from calling him a predator. He is a predator. He revealed himself to be one. This mm-hmm. dude is insane. He needs to be locked up. Like, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, oh, that's the fucking craziest thing. I've, I've never seen that. It's, it takes a lot to shock me. I'm taken aback. You know, it takes a lot for me to be taken aback by the behavior of a male comedian, but I've never, ever, ever heard of one confessing to everything and then getting pissed uh- off when people are like, you suck, you're a predator, and then being like, what are you talking about? Or being like, I'm going to sue you for slander or libel, and you're like, but you confessed. Yeah, no. It's not libel or slander. No, it's not, and it's, and if you're a victim and it's true, it's not libel or slander either. It's only true if it's false. It's only, it's only libel or slander if it's false. And said, uh, and said so that I just had a discussion earlier about this. It's only if if and you can do it in civil court. You can sue them, but it has to be proven that it, you did it on purpose in an attempt to harm him financially, which you did not. So it doesn't matter. But yeah, it's what a fucking whack job. It makes me feel better about our whack job, honestly. Like, at least our whack job in Denver comedy isn't that bad. Um, <laughs> he's an idiot. He's annoying. He says stupid stuff. I am slightly afraid he'll just come in and shoot up a mic some night. But he's not sexually assaulting women. <laughs> I love how you're like, you could be a mass shooter, but at least he doesn't rape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Positive. Yeah, I mean, it's a low bar. I know. But oh, <laughs> I feel like... I feel like he's probably he's more gonna, Columbine than Brock Turner. <laughs> he's more angry at men, really. He's more angry at men than he is at women, it, mm. it appears. So he's going to go in and shoot up. And the mic, well, the mic that he would shoot up. We may have, have to feel bad for men because men technically revolve their lives around impressing other men like crazy. Yeah. Like for trying to be as broy as a man or beyond that or just having a man around yeah they're just trying to prove their manhood mm-hmm. and then they, and then talking- the, and then it depresses them when they're like other men don't care about them yeah like i keep reading something online about like uh men feeling like they're only valued if they're contributing something like if they're doing something that makes them valued not because they're valued because they exist yeah but isn't that everybody i think technically wouldn't everybody be like that they want to be valued for a contribution (laughs) i don't know women that want to just be valued because they exist i don't either that's and that's what i see like the posts that are like women are valued just for existing and I'm like, are we? <laughs> are we? No, I'd say we are. We are devalued. I mean, if we were valued, 
valued just for existing. Um, criminal justice would definitely better regarding sexual assault cases. We lose value the minute they see a vagina on a sonogram. We lose value in society immediately. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a girl. All right. Well, that's okay. It's probably traditional masculinity. Yeah. Being like, all, oh, you got to be the provider. Yeah. Like when people find out they're having a boy, like men, like not all of them, obviously, but I'm saying like society as a whole, when you lump everyone together, mm-hmm. the median human being is more excited to have a boy than a girl, especially their first child. They want it to be a boy. If they're going to have one kid, they want a boy. I only wanted a boy, but that was for different reasons. I didn't want a girl because I, I am a, I, I, I'm a worrier and I'm an anxious person. And there's so much more to worry about with girls. I'm scared. I'm more scared. But aren't boys technically harder to raise? Um, I didn't find them to be more difficult based on gender, no. Um, yeah, I didn't find, yeah, they're, yeah, not really. Um, I found them to be easier to raise, if anything. Um, I don't know, because like my, my daughters, my oldest daughter, um, is just a messed up person. So it's really hard to gauge, um, what was parent nature versus nurture you know like she's just what part of her was born that way and what part of her became that way because of who her parents were and how she was raised and my younger daughter has always just been good like um you know one of those people that always knows who they are and they just always naturally kind of do the right thing and get good grades and keep their room clean and they don't really you know Mm-hmm. she's never needed a lot of guidance. She's always just known the right thing to do and done it uh, and have this sense of self-confidence that, that, that is not normal amongst any, either gender a lot. So I didn't really have to, she raised her, we didn't really have to raise her. You know what I mean? Um, my sons, a lot of the difficulties I had raising them mostly came down to like my older son having Asperger's and my younger son having ADHD and um, gender identity issues and things like that, that we, we had to go through, you know, depression and mental illness and stuff, but there's still nothing to do with their gender. You know what I mean? Like my, my youngest kid's non-binary and they changed their name to Alex from their birth name, which was Mel. And um, you know, so they struggled with acceptance outside of my home with that, you know, and we had to go, go through that stuff. But yeah, so like, they weren't that hard. I can't, I don't know. It's hard for me to tell because my kids are, my kids are all such individual people and they all were kind of, you have to raise kids. Like I can't just treat all four of them the same, you know, but none of the way I raised them ever had anything to do with their gender. I would say like, I didn't, I wasn't like, stop crying. You're be a man. You know, I was like, stop crying. All of you (laughs) male and female, shut the fuck up. You know? So, um, yeah, I told all my kids to suck it up. It had nothing to do with them being men or women. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't want any of my kids to be, uh, 
it's not that I don't want my kids to be weak. It's just that I know that the world is so harsh that they're going to have to have some sort of thick skin to survive it. Mm -hmm. You have to be resilient. They have to be resilient. And so when they were being, when they were being too upset about something that didn't matter, that they didn't need to be that upset about, I was just like, look, this doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. There's going to be things that happen to you in your life that suck way more than this just to let you know like this is just the tip of the iceberg this is when they were this is when they were teenagers not when they were little kids <laughs> yeah i didn't say I thought that. you were gonna say like oh by the way i told them this when they were four <laughs> yeah i didn't say this to a four-year-old no this was like 16 years, you know all right <laughs> like my my son who's 19 now so he was like i think he was like 16 17 at the time he was like really upset about his breakup and, and they've been together a long time and and it was a valid to be upset about it, but it was like nine months later and he was still walking around my house, just crying and eating a bowl of cereal in the kitchen, just crying or, or walking around looking at his phone, just crying out in the house. And I was like, dude, look, I get it. Just, can you cry in your room or your car or something? Like just quit walking around the house crying, dude, it's been nine months. And I was like, I was like, imagine being an adult and having your wife leave you for another man and now you got to pay child support and only see your kids every other weekend while that man lives with your wife and children. Okay. Imagine that that's a possibility of your future. So just suck it up. <laughs> it could be worse. It could be so much worse. Just mm-hmm. it will be worse someday. This mm-hmm. pain that you feel now in high school over this high school boyfriend is going to be nothing or girlfriend is going to be nothing compared to the pain that you feel when your first real adult relationship ends. So just mm-hmm. you, you're gonna have to figure out better i'm just like you're gonna have to figure out better coping mechanisms is really where i was coming from with them it sounds harsh but i'm like there's things you're gonna have to cope with when you when you're an adult and you're gonna have to figure out a better coping mechanism for it because you can't shut down like you have what if you're in college and someone breaks up with you the night before a big exam or you have a job you can't go to your work you can't walk around your job crying all day you're gonna get fired you know, you got to find better coping, me- coping mechanisms to get over things than just walking around crying all the time. So he eventually got over it. You've got a great girlfriend now. He thinks they're going to live, be together forever. I hope they are, but I doubt they will. I like her. She's great. He's always going to need someone to, it's not that he can't live independently or take care of himself, but like emotionally. He's going to need someone there for him all the time. And Uh it can't can't be me for the rest of his life. So, Does he know you say that about him to strangers? (laughs) Yes. I say it about it to his face. And he's like, he's like, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, it, it, it doesn't behoove him to not accept parts of his personality and who he is you know what I mean if he doesn't like that part of his personality you know I he he's been taught the steps and what he needs to do to fix those things you know go to therapy if he doesn't like something about his personality or wants to make a major change in his personality he knows that he can go to a therapist and work with one to do that um but he doesn't see this as a negative thing that he he wants to be a he wants to, he's a coupler. He wants to be in a couple. He wants to have a partner in life and he doesn't see it as a negative thing. Well, it's not. 
I mean, everyone's different. Yeah, everyone's different. I'm a coupler. I'm not very good at it, but I want to be. I'm just not very good at picking the right people to couple with. Yeah, I just don't feel anything for people that are appropriate to couple with. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's a great guy on paper, but I just don't feel anything, you know. You're like this isn't the one. <laughs> I don't know. And on top of that, he doesn't dominate me in bed, so. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't need to. I don't need a lot of domination. I just need someone that's not going to ask me, like, you want to get on top now? Want to? You want to do it, doggy? That's all. You know. <laughs> <laughs> they just have to not do that. It's not really like they need to be like, bend over, bitch. They don't need to be like that or anything. <laughs> no. No. They just need to flip me over. You know? Or, yeah. They, or be like, hey, I'm flipping you over. And then, <laughs> yeah. They don't have to be assholes about it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of dudes that try to say that they're into BDSM or kink, that they, they want to be dominated, they want subs. When really they just want to treat women like shit in bed and don't really understand that whole dom sub relationship to begin with. Uh, yeah. I blame the likes of Fifty Shades and that other yeah. movie, Three Hundred and Sixty Five Days on yeah. Netflix. I watched the preview of it and it's this guy trying to act intimidating, but he says, "Are you nervous, baby girl?" And I just lost it. I was <laughs> laughing my ass off. <laughs> Yeah, it's not. A- <laughs> it's like this hot guy comes over, but then, he- <laughs> oh god, it's a relationship. Oh god, but then he sounds like oh, it's a relationship of trust and consent. But then he sounds something like Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> yeah, it's a relationship of trust and consent. You know, you 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 trust them that when you say you've had enough or they, that, that you can't go any further, that they're going to stop and not take it any further. So you have to trust them that they're going to, when you say like, if you, if they're, if you're, if you're into it enough to have like the safe word thing, which is not something that I've ever gotten into, but if you're at that level of this whole sub Dom BDSM thing, you have to trust the person you're with enough that when you say your safe word, they're going to stop and then they stop. And these people, like the one dude I slept with, I was like, all right, that's enough. Like you're like, I don't, don't hit me any harder. Don't spank me any harder than that. And then he did. And I was like, that's, that's not, that's not right. You know what I mean? Like I have withdrawn my consent for you to spank me and you spank me one more time and even harder than before. After I told you that that was hard enough, that's not consent. That's just you wanting to be abusive to a woman, you know? That's not, Mm -hmm. that's not what, because it's, the Dom wants to give pleasure to the sub too. It's not just all about their pleasure. So yeah, that's not, most dudes that put in their profile online that they are into kink, that's what they mean. They want to dominate you and treat you like shit in bed. And I guess some people might be into that. I don't know. I'm sure some women might be into, to dudes that don't listen and take it too far. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not one of them. I know that. I'm not, oh, not one of them either. No. And sometimes I just want to have regular ass sex. Mm. I don't want to have to play this whole daddy princess game, you know? Oh. 
I just want you to be on top of me and just have some regular sex and go to bed, you know? <laughs> it doesn't always have to be this big fucking fantasy fucking, you know, it's Tuesday. It's a Tuesday night, <laughs> Tuesday night sex. You know, there's Tuesday night sex and there's Saturday night sex. Just some regular ass Tuesday night sex. Ah. <laughs> uh. I just love how we got to this topic. I always get to this topic. Um, <laughs> it's not hard. But, well, we're talking about consent and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, predators and consent. I think it's like, there's so many people, there's so many men that were never raised to be men or adults, you know. And, and, and so they look up to these other dudes they think are men when really those dudes aren't, aren't, are being insecure people too. They're just better at hiding it. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I think I was talking to my friend the other day about this, about this guy. He's in his twenties. He's like 20, I don't know. He's 28, but he led, he led a really sheltered life. So he's kind of stunted, you know, as far as emotional growth goes. Um, and so just like the, the dudes that he's looking up to, to what a man looks like or a successful male comedian um, are not dudes that have as much confidence as they try to portray that they do. You know what I mean? They're faking mm-hmm. it. And so then he's faking it to fake out the fakers. And eventually sometimes those dudes realize that those other dudes are faking it. And they're like, wait a minute, this is who I really am. And they become who they really are. Um, but there's just a lot of people desperately trying to pretend to be somebody they're not. Um, and it, it, you know, probably because people think being themselves won't work. Being what? Probably because people think that being themselves won't work. Yeah. Or like, I don't know when I, when I was growing up, I remember it might've been in Elf and as a chipmunks movie where a character jokes like, oh, I tried being myself and it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, being myself is not very successful in um, dating men. Uh, mm. It has not been horribly successful. Um, but being myself has been very helpful for comedy and friendships and every other aspect of my life and just my own happiness, you know, just accepting who I am and loving who I am, uh, good and bad, my faults. Because I think that like when I weigh myself, you know, I'm not lacking. I, I think I do have my faults. I have things that are, you know, not the best about me, but I think overall I'm, I'm, I'm more good than bad. And uh, the things that men seem to dislike about me are things I love about myself. So I'm not changing them to make some dude want to be with me. Mm-hmm. I don't, if I want to change something about myself, I'll change it. But I'm not changing it to please someone else if I don't see it as a problem. That's good. That's healthy self confidence right there. Yeah, it took time, though. I'm 42. You know, I wasn't always like this. My daughter, she's always been like this, but I was not. I was not. I would I would change whoever I was to match whoever I was romantically interested in. 
and it would always fail because who I really am would come out. I couldn't keep it up for long, you know, and then eventually the true, the real me would come out and I'd be like, you know what? I don't like going to dance clubs. I've been faking it all this time. Uh, I don't want to go to another dance club ever. <laughs> and I, I don't enjoy going to a karaoke bar five nights a week. <laughs> uh, which just wastes everybody time, everybody's time. So why not just be myself from day one, from second one, and, and let them decide, you know, we'll decide pretty quickly if this is going to work. That's why my, like, dating relationship, like, they don't, it's weeks now instead of years. I'm usually ending it, though. I'm usually like, this isn't going to work. You are not going to work with my personality. I'm leaving. Before things get bad. And they're like, no, but things are so great. I'm like, they're not going to be soon. <laughs> Why don't I just go ahead and leave before I hate you? Because <laughs> it's coming. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, how old are you? 25. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole time you're talking about kids and I'm like I got none so <laughs> I have, my oldest daughter is 23 ah so the wisdom I have gathered over life 20 more years on the earth than you you know um yeah this is all things I've learned I was not like that at 25 at all I wish I'd learned it sooner Mm -hmm. but that's the path I had. To, that's how I learned. I have to make the same mistake over and over again. I learn by doing. And I'm like, and it takes me a few times before I'm like, oh, that, oh, that doesn't work. Maybe this one will be different. Never different. Never different. No. I just recently got back with a boyfriend and then it lasted four days. Wow. The first three days he had, he was, I, he's the first person I've ever met that is actually a dick when he's high and is actually addicted to marijuana and it's having a negative impact on his life because he's a real asshole when he gets stoned. And mm -hmm. so for the first three days, he wasn't really getting stoned. And then I was like, I'm going to go spend two days at Richard's. We'll see if I still have a boyfriend when I come back. I came back six hours later because he got stoned and started acting just like he did before. And I was like, peace, brother. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> this is that guy that I broke up with before right here. I'm leaving, you know, and I'm sad about it, but uh -huh. it's a, it's progress. I know I, it would have been more progress had I just not taken him back to begin with. Yeah. But the fact that I left quickly was progress. To, to leave someone that I, I love is progress. Because usually I stay with them until I don't love them anymore, and then I leave after it's been awful for a year or whatever, you know, where, where I've tried for a year and all this stuff. But I've never, I, I think he's probably the first person that I've ever, like, actively been in love with that I've broken up with and walked away from while oh. still actively in love with them. Yeah. Oh. Now I have to just stay away. Thank God he blocked me. Oof. I'm glad he blocked me. I can't text him. 
I have no way to contact him unless I want to write him a letter, which I've thought about, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not writing a letter. I wrote one last time when we broke up and then I never sent it. I was like, I'm going to write this. I'm going to let it sit here for a week. And if I feel like sending it in a week, I'll send it. And then by a week I threw it away. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not sending it, but it has crossed my mind to send him a postcard or something, but I'm not going to do it. I do know his address, but I'm not. What's the point? It's the same guy. God damn it. I don't know. I guess move on <laughs> is what yeah. I would say. I it, mean, wouldn't the breakup advice be you write a letter, but you never send it to the person just to get yeah, everything no. out without yeah, without dragging them in it? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean I'm probably going to write the letter. I'm just not going to send it. Yep. I definitely need to get it out. But, yeah. I made jokes about it. That's how I get it out. I need to go on stage and... Or you just take the letter and you're like, this is a joke here, this is a joke here, circle it. No, the letter was is something that I... The letter is... When I'm writing like that, it's something that I don't reveal to other people. Like, the only people that hear, that see that side of me are people that are romantically involved with me. Uh, there's a whole other side to me that people don't see. The mushy, lovey-dovey fucking side of me that... I'd say the only people that experience that side of me, uh, you know, my children experience it. I'm lovey-dovey with them. Uh, You know, I have a couple of friends that I love dearly that I will say mushy things to, but I still, none of those people am I writing a letter of affection and love to, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like my friend Lynette saw it because I was FaceTiming her and she said that my voice goes up an octave and that I act like, normally I act like someone who has a dick, but when I'm, when I'm around a man I like, I act like someone with a vagina. That's what she said. Whatever that, whatever you want to read into that, I don't know. She's a really butch lesbian in Wichita. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, I, I kind of know what she means by it, but not fully. <clears throat> I think I act like myself, but I do like, say I don't know baby where's it at you know I talk like that like baby um yeah yeah it's it's a softer side of me that they when I when I'm feeling mushy and in love with somebody in a romantic way it softens me a little you know to where I'm like yeah baby but then they piss me off and I'm like you know what fuck you you know and I leave so (laughs) I just want to be sweet and call them baby Mm-hmm. You don't want to be angry. Dick. No, he was just, he plays devil, devil's advocate about everything. Even when he doesn't disagree, he will just disagree with everything I say. And he's like, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm just joking. I was like, well, this isn't fun. I don't want to just sit here and argue with you all the time. This is annoying. Why are you doing this? Can I just have a lighter topic that involves dick yeah. somehow? Okay. Go ahead. For the love of God. So one of the highlights of my week is that um, about like a couple of months ago, I bought these three big dicks, plushies, for a friend in Burbank. And it's the same comedian I brought up when I uh, talked about the roast, April Walterscheid. Yeah. And the dicks finally came yesterday. And this is her cuddling with these dicks. (laughs) See? I love doing shit like that for my friends. 
Yeah, she's like she's enjoying it. She even said like, "Oh, the three dicks. This is this is uh the best thing that's ever happened." Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, I've never heard you say that about digs before. Okay, I'll take myself out. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Like, yeah, my friend Lynette really needed a haircut and her eyebrows done, so I sent her money to do it. I was like, please just go get it done, so you'll feel better about yourself. <laughs> I'm like, but if I send you this money, you better use it for a haircut and eyebrows and not something else. And she's like, not no, alcohol. Yeah, not alcohol or going to the bar. But she did. Mm -hmm. She went out, she got her haircut, and she got her eyebrows done, and she felt so much better about herself. And I was like, there you go. So, yeah, I show mushiness to friends. I didn't used to. Mm -hmm. But, like, I have all this love inside me that needs to go somewhere. And I, I don't have my kids on a regular basis to give it to them. You know, they're in, oh. I give it to them, but they're all in Kansas. They're not in my house. They have their own lives now. So I've just decided to give it to my friend, my, my, my friends, mostly female friends. I have guy friends that I give it to too. I like to build people up. Like you're nice. You're not bad. Like they talk shit on themselves. No, mm -hmm. you're not a bad, no one hates you you're fine. I like you, you know, like every other, maybe other people hate you. I don't know, but I like you, you know. You're saying that to me or? No. General? Oh, <laughs> I was, like, so was a little, little daydreaming. Friends in general that mm -hmm. think people hate them. Mm. Like, I don't know. I like you. You think people hate you? Me? Yeah. I'm sure there are people that hate me, but they probably hate me for whatever reason is inside their head. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that I don't like is when people pretend to like you because they get some benefit out of it. Oh, yeah. Do you produce comedy? I I used to. I used to run, um, used to run socially distant with Cape Around Friends, an online show. Yeah. And uh, after the state reopened the first time, That's right. uh, the viewership went down and eventually I justified not doing it anymore. But then the states closed again. And even then I'm like, I'm afraid I'll get burnt out. Yeah. When you produce comedy, people will be nice to you. Mm -hmm. when, you when you when you book shows, people will be mm -hmm. nice to you because they want to be on your show. Oh, yeah. Um, and then when you never book them on your show, they'll stop being nice to you. They either, they maybe they don't get mean, but they just don't talk to you anymore. You know what I mean? They're just like, don't give you any attention. And, and then, then that's like, when you uh, think highly of the comedians that are still nice to you despite declining getting on your show. Yeah. But they're like, yeah, no thanks. I, but you're like, okay, they don't have a motive. I mostly deal with booking women on my shows. Uh, my newbie showcase that I have right now, I do book men. Um, the first one's all female. Yeah, the, the first one's all female. The second one is like half and half. Um, but the men are the feature and the headliner. Um, but that's, it's a newbie showcase, so it's a whole different thing. It's like, it's their first time, really. First time, or maybe not. 
or they haven't had the chance to do 30 minutes very much or, you know what I mean? Or 15 minutes very much, or it's their very first show if they're doing the five to seven spot. Um, One of these days I want to run an in-person show. Yeah. Yeah. But right now with uh, everything being uncertain, so I'm, I guess I waited out. Yeah, for sure. But even like before, like before COVID I produced, I produced a whole festival, you know, but it was a female festival. Um, Do you still run it? Yeah, I was going to have it this year, but I had to cancel it. I'm going to, I'm, I'm planning to have it next summer. We'll see. <coughs> I'll, you know, I don't really start planning it until like January anyway, December, January, because I kind of hibernate in the winter and that's when mm -hmm. I do the bulk of the work on the festival. Like after Thanksgiving, um, I just kind of don't go to Mike's and I kind of stay home and I start doing all that stuff. Um, Cause I've had festivals like the last two years. So um, yeah, so I mostly deal with women. And so I don't deal with a lot of, of that. Um, women aren't nice to me just to get on my show. So it's, you know, it just, there's a lot of bullshit I don't have to deal with as a producer because I don't deal with men. Women are like in, you've been, you've been, even in group chats with comedians for shows before. Like if it's all women, it's business, business, business. And then after the show, they're like, you were amazing. You look great, you know? And then men, it's just like business. And then like roasting, roasting, dick joke, dick joke, roasting. And then afterwards, nothing. The group is just dead. It's over. Unless someone did real bad, then they'll fucking be like, you fucking suck tonight, dude. So. I haven't so, had those experiences while running a show. It's so much better than, well, I haven't, like, in the shows, well, I don't know, yeah, because the shows I produce, the group chats are all female. Um, this is just being in group chats that other on, on shows as a comedian that other people have produced. I don't think if I had a group chat that I... Well, I have a group chat that I started that it's like, because we have uh, four different people, basically, or groups of people that are producing shows at, at a venue that I'm producing a show at. And it's a brand new venue. And so I made a group chat so we could kind of all coordinate, have one poster that goes up with everybody's shows on it um, and stuff like that. So we don't just have five posters all over the place for all these different events. And um, just to kind of coordinate things and so we're not on so that we don't have five different people texting the man the owner to to set things up to where it's annoying you know where she's like this is more work than it's worth um so like i communicate with her and then there's one other group dead room comedy that they communicate directly with her but they're professional producing people that but the other three guys in the group just let me do do it for them which is fine um, and that group has not devolved into anything. It, it is just business and it's been nice, but yeah. I think the worst group message I was ever part of was for a show I did in Kansas City that I was the only female on. And uh, those guys, they all know each other and they were just fucking roasting the fuck out of each other. And I just, it was funny for a second, but yeah 
But it's just like, this isn't for me. No, I just want to know, I don't have time for this. I just want to know when I'm supposed to be there, where I'm supposed to be, what the lineup is, how much time I'm supposed to do, when am I getting the light? I want to know those things. That's the point mm. of the group message. Uh, not to... You ever think about roasting them back? I didn't know them. I didn't know any of them. They were pictures and names, you know? Wow. They were, yeah. I mean, I'll roast... I'll roast back if I know somebody. It's just for me though, I just don't have time. I don't have time to sit in a group. Well, before, okay, before the <laughs> pandemic, this was like two years. Nowadays, you're like, I'm gonna sit here all day. <laughs> yeah, this was two years ago. I had a job. I had a full time job. I had teenagers I was raising. I had a shitty marriage I was trying to deal with. I had, I had a lot to do. I didn't have time to sit around and roast fucking comedians in Kansas City about their dick size. Um, because that's what it's always about, dicks. And, uh, yeah, I haven't had that problem because I, I don't know. Denver's different. Like the, the producers here, I don't know. There's just like a different, there's a more professional level to DIY alternative comedy shows here than there is in some scenes. Mm -hmm. It's not just a bunch of friends hanging out to do comedy. It's like people trying to make money doing comedy, you know? Right. That's uh, like a great scene. It is. I love Denver. I should come visit it sometime. I love Denver comedy. I love Denver. Um, I love comedy in general, but I love Denver comedy. And uh, I was just talking to my roommate, Josue, is a comedy producer. He's a, he did comedy, but it really, he just wasn't really, he wasn't a good comedian. And thankfully recognized that, but he's really good at producing. He's really, really good at getting butts and seats and producing amazing shows. Um, at, at a very professional high level and um he should run a club or something it's but if comedy gets shut down again like it will soon um he's he was talking about going to law school he's like fuck this and i was like yeah i i can't imagine continuing to want to do it if i wasn't addicted to doing comedy myself you know what i mean like i'm addicted to being around comedy i'm addicted to performing comedy i'm you know i can't i saying i'm gonna walk away and never do be a part of comedy again that's not ever gonna happen i can't even fathom a life like that now <laughs> right yeah so but he's not a comedian so he doesn't have that drive you know um so i i mean it'll come back next year once there's a vaccine it'll be slow but it'll come back and i'm i'm excited to be here in denver to help rebuild the scene back to what it was and it will it'll come back it might take three years to get back to where we were but i i'll get to be part of that rebuilding you know and i'm excited to do that and i think this is a scene worth rebuilding <laughs> so I'm, I'm willing to put in and also like my shows I don't need a lot of people it's not a very big space it has a really great outdoor patio it's a restaurant um so as long as they're allowing restaurants to dine out on an outdoor patio I'll still be able to have my shows no there's not going to be more than not more than 50 people even fit out on their patio so it's not an issue um right yeah so it's a really great space to do it and they're as long as they're willing to do it and we're allowed to do it i'm gonna do it um and when 
I don't need a lot of people at my shows. They're all fundraisers for my nonprofit. So it's all like donation based. Um, yeah. And I'm not trying to pay my bills with it. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm trying to make uh -huh. money for my nonprofit, but I'm not trying to. So it's just a whole different thing than what he's doing. He runs very professional shows with Facebook ads and real comedians. Not that I don't have real comedians, but you know what I mean? Like, right people that you need to pay right and i don't mine are all like you're you're volunteering to raise funds for my nonprofit. uh and like an out-of-town comedian i would pay them maybe 20 a little money because they're they're coming here but uh -huh. i don't have the money to pay them because it's a nonprofit, and all the money needs to go to the nonprofit. and any dollar i spend on them is less money i have for the nonprofit. so um yeah. So that's a dilemma. Well, most comedians are really down to help the nonprofit. They like what I'm doing, what I'm trying to do with it anyway, especially mm -hmm. since it's mostly female comedians. Also, doing the newbie showcase, you're getting people that are just so grateful to have the chance to show that they can do 30 minutes. That's their reward um, because someone has to give them that chance. How does Josue know someone can do 30 minutes if they never get to do 30 minutes, you know? I love new comedians. They love comedy still and they're excited and they're not jaded. They're my favorite. How long have you been doing comedy? Oh, four years. Four years. That's how long I've been doing comedy. Four and a half. March 16th, actually, the day that everything got shut down here was my four year comedy anniversary. So I got to start. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't have anything to say. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, talk, I talk a lot. I'm a shitty podcast host. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. No one's listening. Oh. No one's going to okay, listen. Okay, good. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I have, I have these fantasies that someday I'm going to become well enough, well enough known that there's going to be like this underground people that are really into me and they're going to go back and listen to these episodes because they want to listen to some OG Helen, you know, or maybe someone that's a guest on my podcast is going to make it big. And then somebody that's a real hardcore fan of yours, you know, in like 10 years, they're going to be like wanting to consume everything that Kate ever did. You know, those I've done it to com for comedians like uh, Pete Holmes. I got obsessed with Pete Holmes and just wanted to consume everything Pete Holmes, you know, someday you could be that. And then they're going to listen to this podcast. To hear what Kate so listen to this about. podcast and like Kate doesn't talk much. Or that Helen, Helen, Helen talks a lot. Talk Helen about. is talking about her kids and the husband. And what's Kate even doing? There's no video of this. <laughs> is she just listening the whole time? Kate's a saint. <laughs> now you can talk. I can talk. Thank you. <laughs> I keep pausing. Oh, well, I, I didn't really know what to say. No, I know. It's fine. Uh, oh, man. Like yesterday, oh, yesterday I wrote like another sketch. The sketch thing is a little hard. Yeah. Like I'm part of a sketch group here in, in Phoenix. We're known as Hot Phoenix Nights. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hot Phoenix Nights. Yeah. And, uh, well, 
understandably due to COVID, uh, production's been slow. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to have sketch in my festival and improv. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I have the festival next year and things are, your sketch group is going well, you guys should come. Apply. Be on the festival. I mean, we're mostly men in the sketch group. There's only two women, myself yeah, and, true. and, and a mom. Yeah. This is all female sketch groups, which are hard to find. Mm-hmm. It would have to at least be predominantly female. Are any of the other, are any of the men queer? No. Damn. <laughs> Damn. That's I mean, part of it. I mean, they can pretend to be queer if you pay them, um, but. <laughs> festival doesn't pay. Um, oh. No, it's because uh, part of the nonprofit, there's females, and there's also, I just say the queer community to save time. I don't know, LGBTQIAP plus. There, that's all the letters. And um, there's that. And then there's also troubled youth, which I ha- I'm not really sure what I'm going to do in that area yet. Mostly the lady that helped me set up my nonprofit uh, that knows all about this stuff was like, you get a lot of grants for kids. You should really work with troubled youth. And I was like, yeah, that can, I could see how comedy and improv could benefit troubled youth. And then I've talked to some comedians that were troubled youth that did improv as teenagers and said it helped them. So I was like, cool, it will help troubled youth. Awesome. That's great. See, other than my sketch group, I don't, other than my sketch group and then like another smaller sketch group, but it's like made up of people that run shows. Yeah. Like other than that, I don't really know any other sketch it's a big thing in like Chicago. Mm-hmm. Well, that's probably probably part of the problem. It's Phoenix, not Chicago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a it's a thing in like some other bigger scenes. It's a thing here. Um, yeah, it's a thing in some bigger scenes, sketch groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, they are not all female. There's a mixture, which makes sense if you're gonna have. You really, if you're going to have sketches, you need to have a variety of people in the group mm-hmm. to perform in the sketches. So I guess it makes sense for men to be in sketch groups, I guess. I'll let them be in sketch groups. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. They're like, men can't be in sketch groups. <laughs> Not my best All they do is dress in drag. Yeah. How dare they try to be funny? They're not funny. <laughs> Most men aren't funny. No. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, just, okay, per capita, men who try comedy and females who try comedy, more females who actually try comedy are funny. I'm not talking about normal people or humans as a general, in general, but mm-hmm. people that actually try comedy, the percentage of men who try to be comedians who are actually funny is so much lower. And there's so, because there's so many more of them. You know, you got 300 men and 30 of them are funny. You get 300 women, 290 of them are going to be funny. 200 of them are going to be funny. You know what I mean? Um, so you're saying like, like the numbers are off, like there's less women, but they're fun, but they're funnier because there's yeah. less of them? Yes. So pretty much when I see a woman's name on the list at the open mic, I feel pretty confident she's probably going to be funny. 
or have the potential, maybe she needs to work on it. Maybe she's new and he hasn't developed yet, but she has the potential uh-huh. to be funny, to be really good comedian. Whereas like men, you never, it's the odds are they're not going to be funny because so few of them are of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds who try it. And men are expected to be funny. They don't realize we're just laughing at their looks. Wear makeup, men. Wear makeup. Get some Maybelline. Get some foundation on that face. (laughs) It's oily. Yeah, maybe you should unbutton that top button. You know, show a little skin. Um, (laughs) Show a little chest hair. Yeah, not your legs. Don't wear fucking shorts. <laughs> Men can't and wear shorts. you're at it, grow a mustache. <laughs> Maybe you should grow a beard and cover up your face because it's ugly. There you go. Cover up that weak <laughs> chin and look like a man. Um, that mask ain't working. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many, because there are probably a lot of dudes that are better looking with a mask on. Because, you know, like they have really pretty eyes. But they have like a weird face otherwise. Mm. They just have these really pretty eyes. Yeah. And they take that mask off and you're like, ah, where'd your chin go? Put the mask on. But you see dudes like that with hats. Like, Mm. um, dudes that are balding. Like they wear a hat just to hide that they're balding in their head. Trying to think of the country singer's name. I got one friend that I'm just like, please don't wear a hat indoors. You're going to bald. And he's like, that's why I wear it backwards. And I'm like, you're still going to bald. <laughs> you have a head of hair. Just shave your head. Take and- advantage of it. Yeah. Show that shit off. Let it blow in the wind. <laughs> why are you covering up your glorious head of hair? Yeah, I know a guy here that has a glorious head of hair. But he only likes to show his hair if he feels like fixing it and making it look good. So if he doesn't feel like fixing it, he'll put a hat on. But, uh, but yeah, like, God damn it. They're a married couple. There's this, there's this, there's a, there's a male country singer that when he puts his hat on, his, his cowboy hat on, he is so good looking. But when he takes it off, he just, it completely changes what he looks like. And it's not that he's even balding. It just, I don't know. He just, the hat completely changes (laughs) could you imagine having sex with the guy that's only good looking when he has a cowboy hat off yeah (laughs) like could you imagine being uh having foreplay and then the guy takes the cowboy hat off you no put it back on put the hat back on (laughs) i've been there with a baseball cap though but i've been there like they take the hat off once they get that you get back to their place and you see them without their hat for the first time you're like oh Who's that guy? Put that back on. Um, <laughs> and now I'm not aroused. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's not even because they're balding. It's just, I don't know. They just look different without their hat. <laughs> but yeah, you can't wear a hat on stage. I mean, they do. Dudes they do. Hats on stage, I guess. Uh-huh. I don't know or backwards and then they'll pretend to be oh. so ghetto and they and they had a rap career and you're like you're white what are you doing there was i did a show sat last saturday in leadville colorado and there were musicians and stuff there too 
there was this dude that played the piano really good it was dope but there was uh and he was playing it while the white rapper was rapping and uh the kid wasn't that bad but i mean i enjoyed what was happening like there was a guy that was doing bongo for the beat which was cool and that guy was good and then the piano was going behind him plus he had like a track no did he have a track playing no he didn't have a track playing so you got the piano going behind him who doesn't know his music and is just playing off you know because he's talented and the bongo guy um it was all very interesting and musically appealing but his lyrics were garbage um, <laughs> or half the lyrics just him going pussy 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 no no but they were all about you know um how he ain't no bitch um <laughs> basically i ain't no pussy i ain't no bitch yeah, basically basically was what he was saying like don't fuck with me because i ain't no bitch is what he was saying um and he called he said something he called he said faggots oh faggots. no i like that um y'all just a bunch of faggots or something along those lines and i was just like but the guy that that, that put, booked me on the show was standing next to me when that when that happened he was like "Ooh, i don't like that and i was like me either <laughs> but yeah it was interesting leadville colorado <laughs> it's like small town kansas but up in the mountains is crazy I've never been to Kansas. <laughs> Why would you? Right. No, no. Well, this has been fun chatting with you. Yeah. This has been fun. I, Sorry I talk so much. It's okay. I, um, hopefully I go to Denver one day. I would love you to come to Denver. Mm -hmm. Denver's a magical place that solves all your problems. Kidding. <laughs> do I go in the in the summer when there's warmth or do I go in the winter where there's yes. snow? Do not come up here from Phoenix. Well, I guess since you're from <laughs> Phoenix and you don't experience the snow. No. I would come up here in the winter, I guess. Um I'm leaving. Then we can build a snowman. Yes, yes. I've never I, built a snowman. Definitely <laughs> come up here in the winter then, build a snowman. Um mm -hmm. But you can go up into the mountains and there'll be snow in like October and it'd still be decent down here on the ground. So sounds like fun. Get both. <laughs> in October you can have both worlds. Comfortable in Arizona. No. In Arizona there is a snow a snowball, but it's up in Flagstaff. Yeah. And people the people that go up there are really into skiing and well, we snowboarding and i'm like i've never done any of those things <laughs> no we get in the winter time we get snowman building snow on the ground here for sure a few times so that's what i want snowman building yeah snowball i don't think snowman i don't think snow globe snowball offers that oh yeah no you can just go to a park here and build a snowman wherever Oof. in any open space just go build a snowman just go build a snowman and then oh, be like i did it yeah yeah no everyone should build a snowman at least once in their life mm -hmm. you got to pack a small you got to pack a, a good ball and then you mm -hmm. roll it you roll it and you roll it mm -hmm. you roll up the balls and then and you, you just stack them yeah i built a lot of snowmen in my life so you should definitely come build a snowman 
I'll build a snowman with you. It'll be magical. <laughs> I got a huge backyard. Come build a snowman. Ooh. We could build All right. snowmen. For sure. I'll come build a snowman with you. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, have fun. In Thank you. And I hope you do. I hope that idiot just goes away. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he'll just fade away. Mm -hmm. Fade away. Fade away. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye, Bye. Helen. Bye.